0: take a look at the retailers because a number of retailers are reporting earnings this week. And we just showed you Kohl's with Stephanie Lewicki. Target is on the list. So what can we expect from these big box retailers? Our panel is here and ready. Hilding Anderson, head of retail strategy, publicist Sapient, and Katie Thomas, lead Kearney Consumer Institute. Katie, I'll start with you. So what are your thoughts and expectations for earnings?
1: think we're going to see a solid showing from Target. They really had a great last quarter, really propped up by a couple things. Trip consolidation on behalf of consumers. So they were really just a natural fit. Consumers wanted to get as much as they can at one store. And Target has strengthened so many different categories there from home decor and home in general. People were really loving their Christmas decorations this year. Um, And then on top of that, it was also the use of these new digital service offerings. So when the car Consumer Institute surveyed consumers throughout the pandemic. We kept hearing more and more about the perks of delivery, curbside pickup. Uh, Consumers are really loving those options and offerings, and we're really using those to um, help facilitate their shopping this year without having to always go in and walk through the whole store.
0: Okay, so just the takeaway, Katie, is you don't expect a disappointment here in the quarterly numbers. I mean, you expect some sort of win and optimism. Okay, Hilding, and your thoughts as well, because customers really got, as, as uh, you know, Katie's saying, we've gotten very accustomed to going to one place, getting a lot of stuff or doing it online. Hilding, tell me more.
2: Yeah, thanks, Nicole, and thanks for having me on again. I totally agree with Katie. I think this is going to be a very strong quarter for them. Um, You know, we really think about Target as the most advanced digital big box retailer in North America. And I think their digital chops here are going to show, you know, we expect their increase in e-commerce sales, you know, over 100 percent for Q4. uh, And, you know, their store fulfillment uh, component was so important for their business is going to be up 80, 90 percent of all e-commerce orders are going to be fulfilled through their store. But I think what most people focus on, which are the e-commerce revenues and overall e revenues, is a little bit of a, of a miss for, for a lot of people, because I think you really have to look at the profitability, because we know that for most retailers, e-commerce profits uh, are lower actually through their digital channels. Uh, Target, though, has really led the way there. They're actually a class leader. They're seeing profits twice as high on a percentage basis as Walmart and Amazon and Best Buy. Um, and I think, as you think about their effectiveness in growing this business, because because we don't believe that consumers are going to return to, to walking in the store for, a, for for some of the shopping at least um, you know you got to look at that to profitability and I think that's a major uh, major growth area for them
0: yeah you make a great point and it's amazing how they are doing very well with e-commerce and you mentioned some of the other names Katie why don't you expand because are they all in the same sort of great group of getting it done Amazon and Walmart and Best Buy or not necessarily are they different animals
1: I think they do all have different animals, but uh, probably in a good way because they're figuring out what works for them and their consumers, and they're differentiating accordingly. So uh, clearly, Amazon was a clear winner uh, from the jump because so many of us already had Amazon Prime accounts and were able to tap into that. But Walmart was smart to modify accordingly, accelerate their Walmart Plus off offering. Um, you know, had some different rules than Amazon, which I think works because once again, you're seeing that differentiation. And then Best. Buy similarly really tapped into that curbside pickup and they allowed consumers to uh, still engage with the store where I think Target really differentiates itself once again, though is some of the strength and categories that you don't necessarily see such as home, home decor. Um, I think that really helped prop them up in the last uh, couple of months that maybe you don't see quite as much strength uh, in some other retailers there.
0: Right. And then, you know, as we talk about what's going on here, Hilding, you mentioned about foot traffic and that you don't believe people will go back to the in-store shopping. Uh, you know, I, I guess I, you know, I think a lot of people would agree with you. They've they first of all gotten new habits and second, they're not running to do stores and stuff. Right, Hilding. So now does that does the in-store shopping ever come back or do some of these stores really excel because they have a new way of doing this?
2: Yeah, I, I, so I think in-store shopping absolutely is going to come back. I'm not. I'm not saying that people aren't gonna aren't gonna shop at all in in the physical store. I think stores actually become part of an omni-channel engagement, right? And so what Target really shows to me is how successful you can be by integrating that fulfillment of e-commerce orders into the, you know the curbside pickup and the pickup in store, and and then stores can be a little bit of a different shape. They can be a little bit smaller. They can have, and I would expect with Target them to talk about micro fulfillment centers uh, this quarter and, and into next year where they actually use that store as that last mile delivery point. And so I think the stores become a part of a mix, right? And part of how you engage with your customers. The other piece that I think Target does very effectively is uses data and their loyalty program to answer, I think one of the biggest questions for 2021, for the balance of 2021, is can they maintain their market share gains when people return to their older habits? And not they're gonna return all the way, but can they maintain this kind of high market share growth that they've seen? And that's really gonna be predicated on on their connection to customer data and their loyalty programs.
0: Yeah, and Katie, is there the other side? Is there any big losers that it's really evident that they're losers at this point?
1: Um, not necessarily. I mean, I think that Hilding hit on a lot of great points there for from Target's perspective in terms of both the data they have. Also, they have really strategic partnerships. So we've heard them announce recently, Ulta, Apple. They have partnerships within home decor, apparel, other categories. I think that's an area that really allows them to differentiate themselves. You're starting to see that a little bit from other retailers, but as opposed to making other retailers losers, I think it just really makes Target a winner. It it even adds to that data, it helps them improve their own private label offerings as they learn more about their consumer in certain category segments. And I think that other retailers could take a page from that book and think about, you know, what could they do from that perspective or how does Target continue to evolve? Do we see localized offerings? Do we see different kinds of events, maybe live streaming in-store events once we're back in store? So I think that there's a lot to learn from Target's successes.
0: Yeah. It's great to chat with you both, Hilding and Katie. Thank you both so very much. Hilding Anderson, head of retail strategy, publicist, Sapient. And Katie Thomas, lead at Kearney Consumer Institute. Thank you.